0: thrill of hope the weary world rejoices hope has a name his name is Jesus what a perfect song for this uh, the first Sunday of December the first Sunday of Advent hope has a name and his name is Jesus we're so glad that you're here worshiping with us today Uh, we're going to jump right in this morning so if you have your Bibles or your devices whatever it may be Go ahead and turn to Joshua chapter 2. Last Sunday we started a brand new sermon series called Beauty and the Broken. And Pastor Charles did a wonderful job kicking us off as we're looking at the five ladies that are listed in the genealogy of Jesus. The first one that Charles spoke on last week was uh, Tamar or Tamar, whichever way you would like to pronounce that. And he reminded us that God sees our tears. He sees our pain. There's Tamar, then there is is Rahab and Ruth and Bathsheba, and then on Christmas Eve morning we will look at Mary. Uh, But today we're looking at Rahab, Rahab the harlot, Rahab the harlot the prostitute. Let me give you just a little bit of a backstory before we jump into chapter 2 of Joshua. Uh, chapter 1 of Joshua, you know that, that Moses is dead. We're, we're passing the baton to a new leader. And so, God is bringing encouragement and challenge to Joshua, and He tells him several times in chapter 1, now be bold. Be of good courage. Go and lead my people, for my servant Moses is dead. Arise, go to the Jordan, and claim the land that I have promised to give to my people. So that brings us now to Joshua chapter 2. So we're going to read together, and Joshua the son of Nun sent two men secretly from Shittim as spies, saying, go, view the land, especially Jericho. Now, the Israelites were at their last campsite. They've had a few campsites up till now, as they wandered in the wilderness for nearly 40 years, and they find themselves at Shittim. That is the, the meadows of the acacia trees, the, the acacia Grove just shy of the Jordan River, and this is going to be their last campsite. General Joshua wants to know what's going on over there. What's happening in Jericho? Who are these people? So he sends two spies on a reconnaissance mission. Now, why why two spies? After all, his leader, his mentor, Moses sent 12 spies. And by the way, Joshua, along with his pal Caleb, happened to be two of the 12 spies that he sent over. Why? Two. Well, I think Joshua, of all people, knows that all we need is uh, a, a two, two good men. You know, we, the Marines say we need a few good men. Joshua realized we just need two good men. After all, when we went over before in Exodus chapter 13 and Deuteronomy chapter 1, when we went over to spy out the land as Moses had asked us to do, um, Caleb and I thought we can take these guys. But then the other ten spies gave a completely different story. They said, the, the land is beautiful, but those people are giants. In fact, we are grasshoppers in their sight and even in our own sight. Why Jericho? Well, because They could see Jericho right in front of them as they were camped right at the the foot of the, uh, the Jordan River. The first thing that they could see when they cross over was the land of Jericho. But that's not the only reason. There was someone that they couldn't see that God could see. And he was willing to go to extreme measures to reach this lady. You know, we find a similar story in John chapter four when our Lord, the scripture says in John chapter four that Jesus had to go from Judea to Galilee and he had to go through Samaria. No, he didn't. If you know anything about the, the, the geographic landscape of that area, you know that from Judea, to Galilee is due north. There is no reason to go west, young man, out of your way to a little town called Samaria unless you had full intentions of meeting this need of this one person. And you know that story. It was the Samaritan woman, the woman at the well, who much like Rahab had kind of a a, 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 a past. She had a story that was not necessarily pleasant. But there, Jesus confronts her and he says, "You know, I know you've had many, you had many husbands, and the man you're living with now is not your husband." And he he lays out before her the life that she's living. But then he offers her living water. I want to pause right here and just give a little quick message to all of the ladies in the room. If you're here this morning and you have a past that is scarred, you're dirtied, you're wounded, maybe it's because of some choices that you made, but maybe it was choices that you had nothing to do with. I'm here to tell you today, ladies, there is a special place in the heart of our Savior for you. And he will go to extreme measures to let you know just how much he loves you and that there is hope in his name. And that's what he is doing right here when he visits Rahab in Jericho. Let's continue reading. They went and came to the house of a prostitute whose name was Rahab, and they lodged there. And it was told to the king of Jericho, behold, men of Israel have come here tonight to search out the land. Then the king of Jericho sent to Rahab saying, bring out the men who have come to you, who entered your house, for they have come to search out all the land. But the women had taken the two men and, and hidden them. And she said, true, the men came to me, but I did not know where they were from. And when the gate was about to be closed at dark, the men went out. I do not know where the men went. Pursue them quickly and you may overtake them. Verse 6, but she had brought them up to the roof. Now, those of you who are not from the south and you pronounce it roof, you're just going to have to get used to this southern boy saying roof, okay? Uh, But she had brought them up to the roof and hid them with the stalks of flax that she had laid in order on the roof. So the men pursued after them on the way to the Jordan as far as the fords. Now the fords, that was kind of the narrow, shallow part of the river that could be traveled by foot. It could be crossed by foot. And the gate was shut as soon as the pursuers had gone out. Verse 8, before the men lay down, she, Rahab, came up to them on the roof and said to the men, I know that the Lord has given you the land. And as soon as we heard it, our hearts melted and there was no spirit left in any man because of you. For the Lord your God, he is God in the heavens above and on the earth beneath. Verse 12. Now then, here's the deal she's going to make. Now then, please swear to me by the Lord that as I have dealt kindly with you, you also will deal kindly with my father's house. Give me a sure sign that you will save alive my father and my mother and my brothers and my sisters and all who belong to them and deliver our lives from death. And the men said to her, our life for yours, even to death. If you do not tell the business of ours, then when the Lord gives us the land, we will deal kindly and faithfully with you. Verse 15. Then she let them down by a rope through the window, for her house was built into the city wall, so that she lived in the wall. And she said to them, Go into the hills, or the pursuers will encounter you, and hide there three days until the pursuers have returned. Then afterward you may go your way. The men said to her, We will be guiltless with respect to this oath of yours that you have made us swear. Verse 18, Behold, when we come into the land... You shall tie this scarlet cord in the window through which you let us down, and you shall gather into your house your father and your mother, your brothers, and all the father's household. Then, if anyone goes out of the doors of your house into the street, his blood shall be on his own head, and we shall be guiltless. But if a hand is laid on anyone who is with you in the house, his blood shall be on our head. But if you tell this business of ours, then we shall be guiltless with respect to your oath that you have made us swear. And she said, according to your words, so be it. Then she sent them away and departed. and She tied the scarlet cord in the window. So who is this shady lady from Jericho? What is her status? Well, first of all, she is, she's a Gentile. She's, she's not of Jewish descent. Uh, secondly, she is a Canaanite. Now, Canaanites were the most vile, wicked, idolatrous people on the earth that day. Very large in stature, brutal in battle. I like what Max Lucado says about them. He says, to call the people of Jericho barbaric, was to call the North Pole nippy. These people were mean. They were mean. They turned temple worship into orgies. Charles kind of alluded to this a little bit last week as people would would worship the goddess of Ashtaroth. That is the fertility goddess. And, And they were doing that here. But also they were literally sacrificing babies to the god of Moloch. Moloch. They had no respect for human life. So she was a Canaanite. Secondly, she was a harlot, a prostitute, a woman of the night. There are many commentators who try to sanitize Rahab's story. The Hebrew word there for prostitute can be a little bit fuzzy. Some think that it's just an innkeeper. I think she was an innkeeper. But I think the Bible clearly lets us know that part of her profession was a prostitute. She was a harlot. The, the, New, the New Testament word that is translated harlot here, porne, we get our word pornography. And every time it's used in that form, it is used as a harlot or a prostitute. Herbert Lockyer says this Both Jewish and Christian writers have tried to prove that Rahab was a different woman from the one the Bible always speaks of as a harlot. To them, it is abhorrent that such a disreputable person could be included in the Lord's genealogy. But there she is. But that's the whole point, folks. That is the whole point of the Bible. The whole point of the gospel of Jesus is that God saves undeserving people. That's why we call it the good news. But why Rahab? Of all people in the city you want to spare, the only one that you want to save, why not someone with a little better reputation? Question, if God were going to destroy Lynchburg Virginia and he could only find one person to save who, who would it be oh, well Pastor Jonathan of course <laughs> well, President Coston, you know of, of, of course Mayor Reed uh, it would be Sheriff Sloan Chief Hinckley. Coach Rocco and Coach Chadwell <laughs> anyway yeah but we might be surprised that if that if If we were in this position, that God very well, if he's following this pattern, he would choose a homeless, drug-addicted criminal. For years, we've been singing the great song, Amazing Grace, how sweet the sound that saved a wretch like me. We know it. We like it. I'm not so sure how much we believe it. A wretch like me? I mean, I ain't so bad. Got some anger issues. My counselor tells me that I need to work on my self-esteem, but a wretch? No, I, I don't think so. We're thinking more. Amazing grace, how sweet the sound that saved a wretch like him. That saved a wretch like her. That song, by the way, was written by John Newton. He was a slave trader, a human trafficker. In England. And when he realized that God could turn a slave trader into a songwriter, there was only one way that he could capture that. Amazing. Amazing. Rahab was a harlot, but God chose her. Let's look at her service. Rahab's home was built in, into the wall. Near the gate, if you could see the walls of Jericho, there are actually and there 's an outer wall and an inner wall uh, you have to you have to climb way up at this one and go up an embankment before you get to the next one. the The entire area of of uh, Jericho occupied somewhere between nine and twelve acres of land, but there were homes. There were inhabitants not only at the top, but all in between as well on that land in between the walls. And so, Rahab's house was actually built into the wall at an area where you could see who was going in and who was coming out. Everyone could see that. Outsiders could go here and be welcome. It was the perfect place for a reconnaissance mission. After all, the men of the town would frequent this place. Rahab would hear from them, hear their stories, hear what they like about what's going on in town and what they she could kind of hear the gossip, kind of like Floyd's barber shop, you know. Now, ladies, notice I did not say salon. I'm not gonna go there, all right. But this was a a pretty good choice of a place to be if you're on a reconnaissance mission. The spies could get a lot of information from her. The the king hears that they're there and sends his men to check it out. Now, bear with me for a moment. I love how Max Lucado narrates this happening. He says, I'm seeing half a dozen men or so squeeze down the narrow cobblestone path In the red light district, it's late at night. The torch-lit taverns are open. The patrons are a few sheets to the wind. They yell obscenities at the king's men, but the soldiers, they don't react. They just keep walking, laser focused, until they stand before the wooden door of a stone dwelling attached to the famous Jericho walls. The lantern is unlit, leaving the soldiers to wonder if anyone is home. The captain pounds on the door. There's a shuffling inside, and Rahab answers Sorry, boys, we're booked for the night. Oh, we aren't here for that, the captain says. We're here for the Hebrews. The Hebrews, Rahab replies, I thought you were here for some fun. We came for the spies. Where are they? And she steps out into the porch. And she looks to the right, and she looks to the left, and she lowers her voice to just a whisper, and she says, you just missed them. They snuck out before the gates were shut, but if you get a move on it, I think you can catch them. Verse 6 says that she had hidden the spies on the roof. Uh, I almost said roof. Wow. On the roof among the stalks of Flax. I think as we read this, among the stalks of flax, I think it gives us a little insight that she was not only an innkeeper, not only a prostitute, but she and her family probably had some agricultural business. You see, flax um, were these tall plants. They would sometimes have purpley, bluish kind of flowers at the very end. And they would cut these down and they would harvest the oil from the, the flax they would uh, actually create they would weave linen uh, from the from the flax in fact flax is linseed if you didn't know that that's where we get the word linen from the flax and they would they would uh, put this flax up on the up on the roof where it could dry out by the sun and then they would bundle they would bundle it up as it was on the roof. This is where the spies were hiding out when the king's men came along. The conversation she has next with the the spies becomes Rahab's statement of faith that I believe God is going to honor in a big, big way. Before the men lay down, she came up to them on the roof, verse 9, and she said to the men, I know that the Lord has given you the land and that the fear of you has fallen upon us and that all the inhabitants of the land melt away before you. For we have heard how the Lord dried up the water of the Red Sea before you came out of Egypt and what you did to the two kings of the Amorites who were beyond the Jericho, Sihon and Og, and whom you devoted to destruction. And as soon as we heard it, Our hearts melted, and there was no spirit left in any man because of you, for the Lord your God, He is the God God of heavens above and on the earth. Now then, please swear to me by the Lord, as I've dealt kindly with you, you'll deal kindly with my father's house. Rahab's salvation. We see that her faith is, is a progression. First of all, we read where she heard about God. She was not at the Red Sea some 38 years earlier. In fact, she probably had not even been born when God parted the Red Sea. But she heard about it. She heard about the two kings that had been destroyed. And now, just off in the distance, there's two or three million Israelites that are starting to gather their belongings and they're getting ready to cross the Jordan River and take the land that God had promised to them. What she says next is quite interesting. As soon as we heard it, our hearts melted. We freaked out, we were smitten by fear. Now folks, this is totally the opposite of what the ten spies had said years earlier when they said, oh, the land is beautiful, but those folks are giants. We cannot touch them. We're grasshoppers in their sight. And it was Joshua and Caleb that silenced them and said, no, 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 we no. Can, we can take them. God is on our side. We can take them. But the folks wanted to stone Joshua and Caleb. So what did they end up doing for the next 38 years going in circles, wandering in the wilderness. I've been to this part of the world. They were not that far away from Jericho. But they just wandered for some 38 years in the wilderness. Now, now we know the real truth. The Canaanites were actually mortified by the Israelites and their God. They were shaking in their boots. Folks, don't listen to the lies of the enemy. I'll repeat that. Don't listen to the lies of the enemy. That's what he does deceives, tricks, steals, destroys. Casting, ca- Casting Crowns wrote a song several years ago, maybe one of the best lyric they've, they've ever written. It goes like this, oh, what I would do to have the kind of faith it takes to climb out of this boat I'm in onto the crashing waves, to step out of my comfort zone into the realm of the unknown where Jesus is. And he's holding out his hand, but the waves, well, the waves are calling out my name and They're laughing at me, reminding me of all the times I've tried before and failed. The waves they keep on telling me time and time again, boy, you'll never win. You'll never win. Oh, but the voice of truth tells me a different story. The voice of truth says, do not be afraid. The voice of truth says, this is for my glory. I think at the end of the day, folks, the reason why God chooses undeserving, desperate people is so at the end of the day, they cannot boast on what they've done, but the Almighty gets all of the glory. Out of all the voices calling out to me, I will choose to listen to the voice of truth. That difficulty you're facing today, those wounds and those scars that you you bear, those problems that seem insurmountable, insert God into that equation. I promise you, that's a game changer. Not only did she hear, but she believed. Verse 8, she says, I think, is that what she says? No, no, no. She says, I hope. No, she didn't say that. She says, I know. I know that the Lord has given you this land. It's gonna happen. And I know that your Lord, Yahweh, is God. Now, here's what's interesting, folks. Other people in the town got the same message. They got the same message. Look at verse 10 and 11. Rahab says, We have heard, all of us in the town, I hear the men talking about it at night. We have heard, our hearts melted, but in the middle of everyone knowing, Rahab says, I have made a different choice than everyone else. Everyone else wants to get rid of you, to destroy you, but I choose to be identified with you. Therefore, I will hide you. Rahab made a decision against the culture. She says, I'm not going to align myself with culture. I'm going to align myself with the Lord. And because of that decision, folks, we're still talking about Rahab to this day. Because of that decision, Rahab, amongst all of the patriarchs of the faith, Abraham, and the list goes on and on, Rahab is listed in Hebrews chapter 11 in what we call the hall of faith. Why? Because of her faith in this moment, in history question, who are you aligning yourself with? If you're seeking the popularity of the world, if you're, if you're seeking notoriety in this culture, you may go down with the culture. Rahab the prostitute made the decision to align herself with the Lord knowing that it could cost her. One thing I've learned, folks, it's one of the realities of being a Christ follower. That's part of our mission here at Thomas Road is to help make Christ followers. One of the realities of being a Christ follower is sometimes you find yourself by yourself. When you go against the grain, when you go against the world, you go against the culture and that which is popular, sometimes you find yourself yourself. By yourself. Good news is, is that you're really not alone. You're not alone. Contending for what you believe, Mark Batterson says this, contending for what you believe in is harder than conceding to what you are afraid of. Sometimes the battle is real. Standing up for what is right is not always easy. Rahab heard, Rahab believed, but she also, get this, She also demonstrated what she believed. By hiding the spies, she was risking her life. By hanging the rope out the window, forever how long that happened to be, it wasn't one night or two nights or three, It it was quite a while. She was risking her own life. She demonstrated what she believed in. Here's what I find interesting Is that Rahab actually made the faith decision before she cut the deal with the men. Now, that's kind of backwards to the way most of us work. We're we're more like Gideon who says, now, Lord, I'm going to put this rug out here. And if if there's dew on the ground but not on the rug, then I'm in. And so it happened and say, well, I just want to make sure. So I'm going to put this rug out here again. And if the rug's wet, but the ground is not, then I'm in. That's kind of the way we, that's not what Rahab did here. Rahab made the faith choice, the faith decision before she cut the deal. To do like Gideon, that's more like, that's not faith. That's living by sight. Verse 12 tells us the deal. Now, now then, please swear by, by the Lord that as I've dealt kindly with you, you will deal kindly with my father's house and give me a sure sign that you will save alive my father and mother, my brothers and sisters, and all who belong to them, and deliver our lives from death. She demonstrates her faith also by helping her family. Deal kindly with with me. Deal kindly with our fathers. What does that, what does that word mean? The, 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 the Hebrew word translated kindly is hesed. That means a, it's a loyal, steadfast, faithful love that's based on a promise, an agreement, or a covenant. She's saying that when you destroy Jericho, and I know you're going to, will you provide for us a covering? Protection for me and for my family. And of course, God held up his end of the bargain. Because sometime later, the Israelites would step into the Jordan River. I think it's kind of interesting by the way, those who were carrying the Ark of the Covenant, it wasn't until they put their foot in the water that God stopped the water. Another Testimony of faith in action before the deal is is made. But the Israelites, they they would go into the Jordan River, and the Bible tells us that God would stop the water from flowing. They would go across on dry land. They're getting spoiled. It's not the first time that's happened, right? And you remember Joshua saying, Hey, gather 12 stones. Because we wanna make sure that when our grandchildren and great-grandchildren and their children come by and say, what are these stones for? You can go back and say, let me tell you the story of how God allowed us to cross over on dry land. So the Israelites cross over the Jordan. You know the story very well. They began to march around the city walls. Now here again, you know, we're only talking 9 or 10, 11 acres or so. So the idea of walking around a wall uh, a day is not a big deal. But you know what happens on the last day. God said, walk around the wall seven times and then on the seventh time the priest will blow the trumpets and when you hear the trumpets then you shout and that's exactly what they did and God did exactly what he said he would do the walls of Jericho crumbled crumbled except for one little place That house that was built into that wall near the city gate with the scarlet cord hanging out of the window. And that day, Rahab and her family were saved. Folks, God responds to faith that is demonstrated. God responds to faith. There are many of you today, God is wanting to take you on a faith journey, and you're just hesitant you're hesitant. Put your faith into action. Can I tell you a little thing you can do to put your faith in action? Stop by that angel tree out there. Grab you some of those angels. Bless some other, other people. Put your faith into action. Over in James chapter 2, we, we see the mention of Rahab again. As James is talking about faith without works is dead. And there are two people that he mentions. Get this. Father Abraham, right? And Rahab. He said, remember, Abraham demonstrated his faith by taking Isaac up to the mountain and was willing to sacrifice him there on Mount Moriah. Likewise, Rahab the harlot. Why is it every time that they mention Rahab, they have to put the tagline after that. Like, okay, we we get it, we get it. I think that God just wants to remind us of the extent of His love and grace and that His grace is greater than all of our sin, including the nasty sin of Rahab. Rahab the prostitute was justified by works when she received the messenger's and sent them on their way, for as the body apart from the spirit is dead, so faith apart from works is dead now what, what, is, what does James mean there by her? She was justified by her works. I thought that we are justified by our faith he 's not talking about a saving faith that Paul talks about in in, in the book of Romans that that we're justified, we're made righteous in the eyes of God, we have assurance of going to heaven one day because of the work of Jesus, that is justification by faith. James chapter 2, he's talking about justification by works. In other words, it's faith that is demonstrated. It's proof in the pudding. I know that you are a Christ follower because you put your faith into action. Justification by faith is what takes you to heaven. Justification by works is what brings heaven down to earth, down to you. Justification by faith is apart from works. Justification by works is faith demonstrated. It's when you act upon your faith which allows God to work in you and through you in the nasty here and now, not just in the sweet by and by. Rahab's faith changed her. And it showed. So what's significant about Rahab? After all, her story doesn't end right here. In Joshua chapter 6, verse 25, we read, But Rahab the prostitute and her father's household and all who belonged to her, Joshua saved alive. And she has lived, get this, she has lived in Israel to this day. Because she hid the messengers whom Joshua sent to spy out Jericho. Rahab got a miracle covering from God. Her family was saved. She was transported to Israel. She got in line with a caravan and had a new home. The Bible tells us that she marries a man named Salmon. Salmon. Some. Theologians believe that Salmon might have been one of the two spies. That's kind of cool. But nonetheless, she marries this man named Salmon. Salmon, was a, he was a fairly influential dude. In fact, he founded, he was the father. The Bible tells us that he was the father of this town that you might be familiar with. In fact, they even wrote a song about it. Oh, little town of Bethlehem. What about that? He was the father of the town of Bethlehem where they would reside, where they would have a child. That child's name was Boaz. Boaz would meet a young girl named Ruth. They would have a child. They would get married and have a son named Obed. Obed would get a wife, and they would have a son named Jesse. Jesse would have several sons, the last one which would be David, who was the greatest king we have ever known. Rahab had become the great, great grandmother of King David, and eventually she shows up in the lineage of Jesus. In God's book, that makes Rahab a princess, no longer a prostitute. There's beauty in the brokenness. Listen, folks, if God gets a hold of you and you choose Him over the world, you choose Christ over the culture, God can take a mess and He can turn it into a miracle. He can turn your mistakes into music. And with loud voice, you can sing, amazing grace, how sweet the sound that saved a wretch like me. I once was lost, but now I'm found, was blind, but now I see. Weary soul, wounded soldier, Broken, bruised, battered, God can work on your today in spite of your yesterday if you respond to Him by faith. It doesn't matter how much your past has crushed you, dirtied you, ripped you apart, you will retain your value in the heart and mind of a living God. God has a place for the Rahabs of the world. And thank God he has a place for you and for me. Let's pray. Lord, thank you so much for including in your scripture this story of a lady who would be considered used up and wasted of no value. Yet, Lord, time and time again, we see her show up in the scriptures Praised for her faith. A faith that was a message that was not only heard, but believed, but not only believed, but demonstrated. Lord, I pray today for the people in this room. They need to perhaps take that bold statement, that bold act of faith, and do something big. Do something big. God, you're calling them to action and they're just holding on. Whatever that may be, God, may they just see you in the middle of their their dream, of your dream for their life. Lord, for the person, they're hurting today. Lord, there may be some in the room that they're privately hurting. They're wounded. They feel dirtied for whatever reason. Some, Lord, from, from choices that were made. But Lord, I know that there are people in this room There are women in this room today, Lord, that have suffered abuse. And they feel useless, they feel hopeless. Lord, you just seem to have a soft spot in your heart for people just like that. So I pray your Holy Spirit would do surgery in the hearts and in the minds and the spirits of those listening to my voice today, whether here in the room, watching across the computer, whatever it may be, Lord, may they allow your Holy Spirit to do his work. May they put you into their equation. May they stop listening to the enemy who wants to destroy But Lord, may they grab hold of the hope that is found in Jesus. In His precious name we pray, amen. Here's how I want us to end today. Our our counselors are going to be over here on each side. They're going to stay for a while. We're going to invite you. If you need to talk with someone, that's what they're here for. They're they're trained to pray with you and to talk, talk with you. But there's a song that uh, we haven't sung this in quite a while that I think kind of becomes a good response for all of us right out of the scriptures in Zephaniah that says that God, our God is singing over you and that he is mighty to save. We're reminded that we all need hope. We all need compassion. So I'm going to ask you to stand. We're going to sing this song and it's going to be our benediction today. Will you sing it with full voice? Full confidence that God loves you and He's a God who saves. Lead a sec.
1: Everyone needs compassion, a love that's never failing. Let mercy fall on me. Everyone needs forgiveness, the kindness of a Savior the hope of an
0: That second verse says, so take me as you find me, all my fears and failures. I I trust that you will take the Lord at His word. Thank you for worshiping with us today. Next Sunday, we will continue our, our series as we look at Ruth. Pastor Jonathan will be back. But God bless you all. Have a wonderful week.
2: I want to thank you for joining with us today. If you've never come to the place of recognition in your life of being a sinner and needing a Savior, you can do so right now, believing that Jesus died on the cross for your sins and rose again to give you eternal life. Just ask Him to save you today. If you would like to talk further about what it is that God has done for you in the giving of His Son, Jesus, we would love to chat with you about that. I would encourage you to email us at the address that is on the screen, pastor at trbc.org. We would love to connect with you to help you begin a brand new journey with Jesus Christ in your life. And if you would like to help to contribute to our ministry as we take this message of the gospel around the world, go to the link on the screen today and help us help others with the amazing message of God's love, to let them know that God loves them, that Christ died for them, that He rose again, and through Christ, we have hope.